Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 94. We are your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hey, Jen. What's up? <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, what, what, what's going on? What's what's happening? Um, we just uh, came back from a photo shoot. I feel so professional. I have a newfound respect for models because it's freaking hard to smile on command. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And especially when you have a mask on and you're trying to communicate your emotion just through the top half of your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, um, I remember Tyra Banks saying a lot, smile with your eyes, smile with your yeah. eyes. And I'm just like, bitch, you can't smile with your eyes. <laughs> but now I know it's a thing we have to do through our masks. Smile with your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it was a lot of fun. It, it, I learned, I learned a lot. I mean, it wasn't professional, but it was, it it was um uh, it was definitely a photo shoot so like it was like super super cool to, to to do that every once in a while by the end of it i was more comfortable but at the beginning i was just like <laughs> i remember mackenzie saying smile a little bit less just kind of <laughs> i was like i was like do i have something on my teeth and then i became a little self-conscious like are my teeth too yellow or you know cuz sometimes when you wear red lipstick your uh -huh. your teeth, uh, they look a little bit darker than they are. Like it's weird. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, I had intended to put on lipstick because I haven't put on lipstick since March of 2020, and um, because we had masks on, and then when we were socially distancing, doing solo pictures, we had them off and then put them back on, and I didn't want to get the lipstick on the inside of my mask and so I never went to put lipstick on and so all my pictures are completely makeupless. so but that's how I am in everyday life so it's people I think people would have a harder time recognizing me if I had makeup on <laughs> I mean and I actually that's what I'm kind of hoping for I mean like I don't want to be a celebrity I don't want people coming up to me and saying oh my god can I have your autograph no no, just kidding. That would never really happen. <laughs> of course it won't. Um, actually, one time... What do you mean that'll never happen? It happened to us already at conventions. They're like, oh my gosh, I want to take a picture with you guys. And we were like looking behind us. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I do uh, remember... Um, and this is back to saying like how people might not recognize your social media self from your real self um one of my friends from high school said oh i recognize you because of your husband this was this was this was back before covid and we were at the mall and she's like oh it's sarah i know i'm like yeah what's up and they're like i totally recognize you because of your husband so so that goes to show you that my husband of course doesn't wear makeup so he was instantly wow. recognizable yet i was not because I'm always looking for that good angle or wearing makeup or only taking pictures when I wear makeup. It's kind of funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I see, I watch those videos on YouTube of women <laughs> who do before and after, but the before is them fully made up, and then the after is them actually taking off step by step all of their makeup and like literal prosthetics like on their nose and on their eyes and pulling back their cheeks and and i'm like this is why oh, yeah, people have trust issues in relationships <laughs> <laughs> oh absolutely i mean i'm yeah i mean i mean, if you're putting in that much work to look different i'm just gonna be like damn respect the hustle respect the game all right like Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. You know what fascinates me is the tape. They put the tape on the side yeah. of their of their yeah. face and then they lift it up and then they tape it behind their ears. And all uh-huh. I can think about is can people see that anyway? Like do they just wear yeah. their hair forward or Okay, so for me personally, going out to the club I want free drinks and maybe like a little tickle in the corner in the back. If I'm lucky, I get to go home and like, you know, one night stand, whatever. Um, I mean, back in my single days, of course. (laughs) (laughs) But what I'm saying is if I went through that much trouble to make myself look different, I'd be so freaking stressed out about getting to the bedroom part of like, how am I going to hide all this tape or how am I going to hide this whatever or like those women that wear <laughs> that wear those like scuba gear like um sucker inner things um, <laughs> uh, underneath their clothes mm-hmm. like I'd be like I do you make one with holes in the crotch because I ain't taking this shit off <laughs> <in bed. laughs> I mean by that point I would hope that I'm drunk enough and that the person I'm with is drunk enough that they ain't gonna notice anything amiss. I mean they say that by the time you're <laughs> at that point, yeah, people don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> oh you know, and, and that's that's interesting because like I remember one time I started making out with this guy, he's super hot. Well I thought he was super hot. The minute he walked through the door into that house, I was like, Wow, and then at by the, you know, towards the end of the night, we were making out. But it was one of those times where like, do you want to go out? And I'm like, already, I'm already in my pajamas. They're like, just put on whatever and come. And I just put on whatever and went. And then uh, we were making out and I was like, oh shit, is this going to happen? Fuck. And then all of a sudden he like took off my pants and then he proceeded to put his hand on my leg and I stopped. I froze and I'm like, no, no, we can't do this. <laughs> and then the reason I stopped wasn't because, oh, you know, I thought about the situation and it was no good and I shouldn't do that. No, <laughs> the reason I stopped is because I didn't shave my legs. <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, I still regret that till this day. Like, I could have had, wow. had sex with a really hot guy and... I, I didn't because I didn't shave my legs because the the first the, his move his first move was to put his hand on my leg and then go up slowly and so right. I just stopped yeah and, yeah, and yeah yeah I was like oh shit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> isn't that sad like I should have just gone with it I guess I wasn't that drunk enough <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god that's pretty funny yeah so um yes um. Fortunately, back then, I didn't have to wear the girdles. Now, <laughs> now I think 
uh, yeah, I don't think I'd, I don't, I think the girdle would prevent me from having one night stands for sure. Yeah. That's like yeah. the best <laughs> safe, safe sex kind of like chastity belt yeah. you could wear. I mean, that's what they put it, but sometimes that didn't stop them. <laughs> that's true. They found ways around it. Like, mm. where are the scissors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. Um, what have you guys been up to? Like, I just, uh, finished Christmas decorating. Um, so that, that's been kind of fun. What about you guys? Well, I've had my Christmas tree up since the day after Thanksgiving. So, um, I've been enjoying it already for a while now. Um, other than that, I've just been crazy with this new stay at home odor, odor. <laughs> Yeah, it stinks. <laughs> Order. Um, because, of course, as you all may or may not know, I um, am part owner and manager of a retail business, Heidi Ho Comics in Santa Monica. And so it really has a big uh, effect on us. And so, and it seems like the orders seem to be ever changing, sometimes literally on a daily basis. So it's been a little bit kind of. Um, frustrating and stressful trying to just keep on top of all of that and at the same time like also I am a private citizen I'm an individual so trying to make sure that I'm safe as well while trying to make sure that the the shop is doing what it can to make what it can during these crazy crazy times yeah mm -hmm. I bet I, that's freaking nuts man it's and you know what I've noticed uh, that more people that I know have come across somebody they know that or is a direct family member that has been infected with COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Fortunately, everybody in my family tested negative, uh, but uh, that person who went to go visit my aunt, he has infected his wife and son since the last time we talked. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about wow. that. Oh, wow. So it just, it's still out there, guys. So please be careful. Uh, it hasn't gone away anytime soon. As a matter of fact, I just feel like it's a little bit worse because people now know someone or someone who knows someone who has it. And it's not yeah. just a story mm -hmm. in, the, in, in, in the news anymore. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jen? What's going on with That's... you? Well, speaking of Christmas trees, my mom wants to put one. There's just, you know, no room in this house. But I was just all like, sure, I'll try to clear up a corner if you buy the tree. Because my mom really wants a tree, but knowing her, she's going to stay with that one because she's not going to go get the tree, and I'm certainly not going to go get it. <laughs> so I'm like, I am perfectly fine with no tree. A tree would be nice, yes, but I have no... I, I feel no pressing need for a tree. I actually don't really like Christmas. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I believe I mentioned this to you, uh, Kristen. Because um, uh, Christmas for me growing up, yes, uh, I do remember this was uh, was hard times, mm -hmm. uh, and it kind of is, and like even now, like still Christmas means like putting the pedal to the metal for us via like orders for food and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, um, but I just don't really like everyone's just all like holiday spirit, holiday cheer, and I'm over here like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> 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 I like New Year's. <laughs> I, I, I like New Year's, uh, but I don't really like Christmas. I like giving gifts, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm a little weird about receiving gifts. Yeah. Um, um. But that's a 
That's a that's a, my general feelings towards Christmas are apathy at best. So the trick is is when you give Jen a gift, you're like, um, look what I found. I don't want it. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's a perfectly good thing. Like, <laughs> don't throw it out. Just give it to me. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> do you guys stay up until but, midnight or do you guys just wake up the next day? My family tradition is to wake up the next day. However, we had friends uh, of the family whose tradition was to stay up at midnight. So our tradition, before our tradition, was to, when I was growing up, was to go visit that family and we would wait up with them and we would all night, it would just be drinking. I mean, I was a kid, but my parents would be drinking and I would be, you know, playing with the other kids. And then at midnight, we would literally be sitting around just watching everybody open their gifts. And mm -hmm. maybe they like would give us one, throw us a, a bone here and there, like one gift, you know, here you go. Um, mm -hmm. But it was us watching them open their gifts all night long. And then we would go home and go to sleep like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and then wake <laughs> up the next morning to our own gifts. Um, so uh, I have just stayed with uh, doing mine Christmas morning um, into adulthood. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I always thought to myself, why didn't we go home before they opened their gifts? Like, why did I want to sit there watching them open their gifts? I could like the faster <laughs> I went to sleep, the faster I could wake up and get mine. <laughs> it's the same uh, the same concept of unboxing uh it's just you want to see what they got yeah like you yeah, know what i wouldn't that's true i would enjoy when they were uh, when uh, we would open gifts right and then uh somebody got like a pair of underwear i thought that was hilarious <laughs> that's my favorite part like who gave them underwear we don't. Okay, so I used to give underwear to Eddie every year, and finally he told me, Kristen, I have so much underwear, I don't need it anymore. Okay, so it's been, I don't know, like five years since I've given him underwear. I fold his laundry, and I told him literally just the other day, um, I think it's time for me to buy you some underwear again because I can freaking, I'm here folding these chonies, and I can see you through them. <laughs> But you know, it's so true, and I don't know why this is, and, and listeners out there, if you're uh, you're the male part of our listening uh, audience, please let us know, but f uh, I've noticed that for me, it's the same thing, like my brother, I'd give him underwear, my dad, my husband, and it's not uh -huh. because there's nothing else to give them, it's just that they can use the underwear, like, yeah. like they actually mm -hmm. need new underwear. So, and I give him cute stuff. Like, I give him Marvel, Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> I don't just give him ugly, like, whatever underwear. Uh, I mean, I do maybe give him a pack of those just because they're cost-efficient. But I like to throw in some good geeky ones, too. Um, but, yeah, it's been a while. And I'm, I'm like, we really need to, to go through and, and cut the fat in your chony drawer. Because <laughs> <laughs> these ones are all raggedy and holy and... I, I mean, to be fair, I have to do the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let me write this down. Kristen needs underwear. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, for me, I will transition my good chonies to my period chonies. And then... <laughs> and then yeah i do yeah. and then i have my chonies that i wear while i'm running because then they don't give me get me a rosado right there in the bad parts 
Um, and then my period twenties. After a while, like I was just saying to myself the other day, I was like, "Oh, these were never like they're they're three times the size they were when I bought them because they've lost all their stretchiness or whatever." But I feel so okay. So then I wear them because it's the last thing in the drawer, and then. I'm like, well, I can't throw them away because they're dirty. I have to wash them. So then when I wash them, they get put back into rotation, and I'm stuck in that loop. And Eddie's like, who cares if they're dirty if you're going to throw them away? I'm like, no. I can't throw away my dirty shawnies. Oh, my God. They have to be clean before oh, you throw them away. I'm so, I'm so. You don't know who's digging in your trash. Exactly. Man, this is going to be, this is going to be uh, a weird episode for some of our listeners. They might discover something about themselves. Um, you know, you guys just blew my mind right now because what I do is I will like the old stretchy <laughs> ones I'll put them on once wear wear them and then at the end of the night I'll throw them away before I put them back in the laundry basket but now <laughs> you guys have now I feel weird <laughs> fuck you... oh no now I might have to wash also them. also I was watching court tv the other oh, day oh god and the <laughs> amount of people who get caught because they haphazardly throw their DNA away in the trash <laughs> is surprisingly or non unsurprisingly high. So I mean, there was a there was a uh, a story that came on uh, that I was watching yesterday because we have poor people cable, which basically means I have an antenna, and so uh, so whenever we just turn the TV on, it's random stuff, and court TV was on. And it was a story of this woman who got caught 21 years later because when she actually, and just like the Golden State murderer, like, because when the murders actually occurred, the technology didn't exist to, to, mm -hmm. to do DNA testing and sampling and all that kind of stuff. And she got caught 21 years later and she was a freaking police detective. Wow. Wow. That's and the way, the way they caught her was the same way they caught the um the the golden, golden state, state golden dude state they killer. got enough evidence to have her as a suspect and then they just followed her around until she was at a costco one day and she ordered the hot dog or the pizza i think she ordered the pizza and a drink and she threw it away and they went and they got the the drink and her napkin and everything and did a dna test and then oh, um, compared it to the one from 21 years ago oh my god that's freaking mm -hmm. mind-blowing and what what, what <laughs> had she done what was her crime she killed okay so she was having an affair with another mm -hmm. detective and she killed his wife whoa Damn. did they end up together yes. though or no i no. oh uh -uh. my god uh-uh <laughs> You're gonna go. Imagine that being a being a police detective. Your wife gets murdered. It's another police detective, and you suspect it's her, but you can't fucking prove it. Like, damn. That's insane, dude. That's crazy. Imagine yeah. it was here. It was a Los Angeles. Oh my uh, story, actually. Well, and and how did she kill her? Oh my god. Now I want to know everything. She shot her. Oh okay okay. Uh huh. That's insane. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Now oh see now I'm gonna have to. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm gonna probably do is gonna make a fire pit in the back of my house <laughs> and burn your chimneys. <laughs> <laughs> well, then for sure wash them first, cause that's 
that, <laughs> that, that is that's gonna so be huge. Thanks. <laughs> Oh, now I gotta think. Of, oh my God! Now, now I gotta come up with a plan. Maybe, maybe first put them in Clorox, let them dry out, and then burn them. I don't know. I, I I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll get back to you guys on that. I'll get back to you guys. All right, guys. Uh, what time is it now, Kristen? It's. La hora de la cervecita. Uh, how, do, how would I say cervecita Because it's really tiny. <laughs> it takes two itas. Okay, this is a very interesting, unique, and rare specimen that we have today that we are going to try. It is called Lowball. It's a citrusy highball cider, and it is by Shaxbury. Um, it own, it's so tiny. It's like, okay, some of us on this podcast are old enough to remember that um, they used to have Coke in little tiny cans like this. And um, you'd be able mm. to buy little six packs and they would come like in these little tiny baby cans. Um, it's only eight fluid ounces as opposed to a regular size uh, can like of soda, which is, I guess, 16. It um, must be. Yeah, and so mm. this has only 70 calories and two grams of sugar. It is 4.8% alcohol by volume, and it is a whiskey-flavored highball cider. And it says the ingredients are lightly oak-aged hard apple cider with natural flavors, and then um, it's just carbonated. So uh, the fact that it says whiskey-flavored makes me think that there is actually no whiskey in it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, it smells pretty good so sarah what made you choose this one well uh first of all i wanted to try something different because we're always doing ipas and such mm -hmm. so th that was the first uh kind of nod towards it this is a a cider um and also because of the can size i thought it was cute and then, and then thirdly is because we have to all have one of these because we're socially distancing and recording on Zoom. I thought that was kind of perfect for when, for instance, if we ate too much or if we had dairy for breakfast. For instance, <laughs> and for just, instance, this, this sounds like a very personal, a highly specific example. Yes, highly specific example. And, and we still have to do La Hora de la Cervecita, but you can't have the whole beer. So uh -huh. this, this uh, tiny travel size, uh, this high C uh, fruit box size is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you, like uh, Jen said, it does smell very good. It smells very, it made my mouth water. It smells very citrusy. Yeah. And it does on the can say that it is citrusy, whiskey-y, and bubble-y. <laughs> ah! oh, did, did you just drink it? The look on Sarah's face is like a Fuji face and an Asco face mixed together. <laughs> uh, you know what? When I put it in the fridge when I first bought it, I felt that I was going to regret this. <laughs> I actually okay it's, it's not that bad it's not to me. bad but it's it's not very flavorful it's it's like a 
Okay, it's this like is it's like whiskey. I had a really good drink at one time, and this is the end where all the ice has melted into it because it's very watery. That's what they should add that onto the side. <laughs> Citrusy, whiskey, e, bubbly, and watery. <laughs> it's not even bubbly. They should replace bubbly with watery. Yeah, it's not. It's not okay. So Ugh. this is this is reminiscent of like a truly or. Um, a white claw or something like that, but with half the flavor. <laughs> um, I've never had white claw, but mm -hmm. it feels like I went to a club. Then we went to somebody's house and continued partying. And there was ice in my drink at one point, And then I woke up parched and I drank the cup that had the ice in my drink in it. And this mm -hmm. is what this tastes like. Yes, it, it tastes like a watered down drink that was very flavorful at one time yeah uh yeah what was i gonna yeah. say is so it's not mm, i think it has a little bit more flavor than a white claw and considering that i actually kind of like white claws okay uh, that's saying something <laughs> um but it yeah, yeah actually i don't think i've ever had a white claw i've only had truly's mm -hmm. so it tastes like yeah, I think that's the best description. It tastes like it was a really good mixed drink at one point mm -hmm. when it was fresh. Mm -hmm. Like it, like it, it had at one point had ice or was like a slush or something. Yes, yeah. And then that all, and then that all melted, and you're just left with the leftovers, and you drink it anyways because you're thirsty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you might get a buzz, <laughs> and you might get a buzz. Yes. You might so, get a buzz from the watered down yeah. stuff. It's only 70 calories, but also it's only 8 ounces. It's super, super tiny. And 4.8, I mean almost 5, isn't bad, um, honestly, percentage-wise for something like this. But it just doesn't have any flavor. Ugh. Yeah, it's, right. I don't know whose idea was it to can this beverage. It's not a good idea at all. <laughs> it, it tastes like watered-down whiskey that someone squeezed, like, a little bit of lemon yeah, juice. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. just to see mm -hmm. if it would improve the flavor, but no, it did not. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. No. And also, just to clarify, it's not a beer. It is a cider. So, you know, the, it's definitely um, a removal from what we're used to. Uh, and so I... And I... I'm. I've never really liked ciders because of their sweetness, but this actually isn't that sweet. So it, it's actually not too bad. And I, I don't hate it. I don't have, I didn't give the face that Sarah did. <laughs> but um, I definitely think there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, yeah, I would not ever give Lowball another try. I would not give <laughs> Shaxbury a try either. I, I no, I, I, I don't know if it's because of the fruit I ate earlier before this podcast, but it just, uh, it totally clashed with my taste buds. <clears throat> I think I'm ready to rate it. Okay, so as a reminder, we have a five-point rating system with one out of five being flaccid, two out of five being an initial, three out of five being partial, four out of five being full, and five out of five is a rigid. And if it is something that is super amazing, oh my God, we love it and we can't live without it, which is not what we had today, it would be a six out of five Super Saiyan. So Sarah, what do you rate this low ball? I'm gonna say a flaccid. <gasps> 
flaccid. Totally flaccid, flaccid. for me. I wow. had a, a sip and a half and I'm done. I'm done. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty bad for wow. me. It's uh, okay. I don't know if it's the fresh onions I ate earlier. I don't know, but it's something is just horribly <laughs> wrong. Or did I did mine go bad? I don't know, but it's really bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, so this is. I, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I dropped my can uh, a little bit of, a little bit ago, so maybe that's where all my fizz went. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it, okay, mine was uh-huh. mine was fizzy, but it wasn't like overly fizzy. It's, it yeah. was nowhere near like when you open a can of soda. Yeah. Uh huh. So. Okay, so this is Kristen, and I'm actually going to give it. I was going between an initial and a partial because it wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but I could see myself drinking it again. I would never buy it, but I would drink it again. <laughs> um, so just for that, I think I'll give it um, a partial, which is a three out of five. Mm-hmm. So this is Jen, and I don't mind it. Um... I don't love it in a, like, and I'm not exactly liking it, but I don't mind it. Mm, yeah. So I think I'm going to give it an initial. Okay. It's not, it's not terrible. We've had terrible. Yes. And this isn't, yeah. like, truly terrible, except for Sarah, who could not stand <laughs> it. Um, but we each have, like, different flavors and different ratings. But I, like you said, Kristen, this is something that I would, yeah, if you gave it to me, I'll drink it. Like, yeah. I'm not going to put it to waste. But it definitely wouldn't be the first thing I reach for or that I would buy myself willingly. So I'm going to give it an initial. Okay. So we went one, two, three, right um, across the board. One um, out of five, two out of five, and three out of five for low ball. What was the name of the brewing company or the company, Sarah? Shack- Shaxbury. Shaxbury. Okay. All right, guys. It's now time for Chisme de la Semana. Kristen, you have some juicy chisme. Okay. So, over the weekend, today's a Sunday. So, over the weekend of this weekend, I don't know what day, Letitia Wright, who is the actress who plays Shuri on the Black Panther um, movies and in Marvel movies, uh, MCU period, um, got some cancellation on her social media through some backlash of a post that she posted that people deemed anti-vax. Um, apparently she shared a video that, um, pretty much, I didn't see the video, but just based on the article I read, pretty much kind of, um, was against a, uh, COVID-19 vaccination and she said she was against taking it, uh, when it came out. And so a lot of people were, um, basically calling her out as being irresponsible, uh, for having such a huge fan base, um, and coming out and basically saying that, um, she didn't believe in vac- in this vaccine and that she wouldn't take it. And so people were saying that, you know, you have so many followers, you have so many people, um, with eyes on you that it's a little bit socially irresponsible for you to, um, 
to say this kind of thing in the middle of a pandemic. So she came out and doubled down and actually defended herself and said, you know, I'm just sharing my own questions and fears. And just because I don't think the same about you doesn't mean you have the right to um, to basically say I'm wrong. And it just blew up so much so that she has now uh, erased both her Instagram and her Twitter accounts. Wow. So, um, and honestly, the other day, I had a similar situation where I was driving in the car and I was listening to K-Rock and they have a, a, a DJ, I can't remember even what her name is now, but it's a, it's a, a woman, and she said something similar and I just caught the end of it but she was like yeah I'm not taking no vaccine and you know I'm not being I'm not going to be anyone's guinea pig and and I'm listening on the radio and I'm like what the heck is going on right now so like I feel like I'm living in some kind of twilight zone where people don't understand what the fuck clinical trials are exactly and no, what that don't. means I don't. <laughs> I'm like, there were literal, probably guinea pigs that actually got the vaccine. And then there were actual literal human beings that got the vaccine, that got placebos. And there was science involved. I just, I get so like confused and frustrated when these kinds of things happen. So that's my cheesement because, she, because I mean, this, this is a pretty... A uh, big person in in the MCU and comic universe, and somebody who it might actually be slated to take on the mantle of uh, of Black Panther here in some upcoming uh, movies. So, uh, hi, I don't know. We'll see. We will keep you posted of what happens because right now she is MIA uh, on social media. <clears throat> yeah, but to add to that cheesement. I'm on Twitter a lot, and I remember this happening, like, it literally just happened, like, uh-huh. two or three days ago, um, um, and of course, I, like, everything's deleted, but I'm pretty sure someone has screenshots and stuff like that out there that they took, but word among a lot of black creators is that she is also, like, a super conservative conservative evangelical, um, and okay. that she was saying that, uh, like, People need to put their faith in, like, God or whatever to, like, cure them. And, like, that's how they're going to defeat COVID or whatever. Uh. And, like, that's how she was, like, doubling down. But there's also... And this is just... This is just hearsay. Cheese Word man. is that she... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Real cheese man. Word is that she doesn't want to be uh, Black Panther Shuri. Really? She, yeah. That, um... Uh, that she... That she thinks that, um... um that... Uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, Black Panther is like should stay as the Black Panther, and that she's not going to take on the mantle. Wow, wow. kind of as yeah. more of like a respect thing. I don't know if it's a respect thing or if it's more of a like her being like if if what is true that she's an evangelical Christian, Christian. Mm-hmm. It's just it's more of a like a woman shouldn't be. Oh, uh, oh, like a fighter kind of thing. Interesting. So, Ooh. so you know, that's a, uh, that's the thing. That's wow. Uh, but 
but we're we're not really sure how much weight this has because yeah. I feel like if she was like that, she wouldn't have started Shuri like a like a and like as this character who worships a different god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I feel like that. But then again, that Disney money be money, <laughs> <laughs> and and money can change a lot of people's views on things. True. True. And I feel mm. that there's like uh, there's different types of people, different groups of people, and. Versus you have those people that, like Kristen was saying, that I'm not going to be a guinea pig. But then there's the other part of people that are like, you know, why is it taking so long to release a vaccine kind of thing? You know, like, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it, no matter what, you're never going to make the whole public happy. But I feel that these people who have like uh, these big platforms like a Black Panther print, uh, cast member, a Disney princess or a local k- uh um k rock or just radio station dj you know um that those words th- those opinions can be taken really seriously by the public um mm-hmm. uh, but i definitely recommend everybody do their homework and do their research on their own so nobody lies to you and make your own decision based on what you have researched um i don't mind taking the vaccine just saying <laughs> yeah and the truth is is that every single one of us here um are way down the waiting list uh to get it there are so many more essential workers um elderly there's um you know doctors and policemen and police people and fire people and all that kind that are in line way ahead of us and uh and then you know all the the high risk people so um I'll let, you know, if that's the case, let, and these people mm-hmm. are, are saying, I'm not going to take it. There's going to be so many people taking it before you. You'll have your, <laughs> you'll have your, your, your actual data by then. So <laughs> calm down. <laughs> I like that. Calm down. Alright guys, it's now time for our book review. And what are we reviewing today? So today we are reviewing Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera and drawn by Celia Moscote. So uh, it is actually based off of Gabby Rivera's um, uh, novel. Uh, but the synopsis is Juliet Milagros Palante is leaving the Bronx and headed to Portland, Oregon. She just came out to her family and isn't sure if her mom will ever speak to her again. But don't worry, Juliet has something kind of resembling a plan that'll help her figure out what it means to be Puerto Rican, lesbian, and out. See, she's going to intern with Harlow Brisbane her favorite author whose latest book on feminism and finding power in your body has Juliet ready to stop the patriarchy and fall forever in love with herself. There's just one problem. Harlow's clueless, not from the Bronx, and doesn't have the answers. Okay, maybe that's more than one problem, but Juliet never said it was a perfect plan. Critically acclaimed writer Gabby Rivera adapts her best-selling novel alongside artist Celia Moscote in an unforgettable queer coming-of-age story exploring race, identity, and what it means to be true to your amazing self, even when the rest of the world doesn't understand. I loved, loved, loved the premise. I actually read um, the back uh, of the book before reading it, and 
proceeded to to gather uh, my little reading space and make it a safe space to read this book. So I felt like it was like a little ceremony, so to speak. And uh, uh, there's a the it starts off with a letter uh, that um, Juliet re wrote to Harlow. Uh, can can you read that for us, Jen? I thought it was great. Sure. Dear Harlow, hi, my name is Juliet Palante. I've been reading your book Raging Flower, empowering your pussy by empowering your mind. No lie, I started reading it so that I could make people uncomfortable on the subway. I'm writing to you because this book of yours, this magical labia manifesto, has become my bible. It's definitely a reading from the book of white lady feminism, and yet there are moments where I see my round brown ass in your words. I wanted more of that, Harlow. More representation, more acknowledgement, more room to breathe the same air as you. We are all women. We are all of the womb. It is in that essence of the moon that we share sisterhood. That's you. You wrote that and I highlighted it wondering if that was true. If you don't know my life and my struggle, can we be sisters? Can a white lady like you make room for me? Or do I need to just push you out of the way? I hope it's okay that I say this to you. I don't mean any disrespect, but if you can question the patriarchy, then I can question you, I think. I don't really know how this feminism stuff works. Anyway, I've only taken one women's studies class, and that was legit because a cutie on my floor signed up for it. I read Raging Flower, and now I dream of raised fists and solidarity marches led by a matriarchs, fueled by café con leche where I can march alongside cigar-smoking doñas and black power dykes, and all the world's weirdos and no one is left out, and no one is living alive. Is that the world you live in? I read that you live in Portland, Oregon. No one I know has ever been there. Most people I know have never left the Bronx. I get it. I am Bronx Puerto Rican all day with a big family that loves me so much. But damn if this place and the people here don't wear me down. Some days it feels like we argue to be louder than the trains that rumble us home. There aren't even enough trees to absorb the chaos and breathe out some peace. I'll trade you pancakes for peace. I've heard that you're writing another book. I can help with that. Seriously, some of my best friends are libraries. If there's room in your world for a nerdy, asthmatic Bigby Dyke from the Bronx, you should write me back. Everybody needs a hand, especially when it comes to fighting the good fight. Bunani power forever, Juliet Milagres Palante. P.S. How do you take your coffee? This will help me decide if we're compatible social justice superheroes or not. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. That it Just uh, initially reading that um, that letter was super awesome, and then... Flipping through the entire book and looking at all the art was really amazing. I mean, there's a lot of emotion. And then there's some snippets where there's um, like even kind of like an anime kind of big mouth gaping open kind of eye, <laughs> eye squinchy and little tears popping out moments. Um, mm -hmm. um, I really mm -hmm. loved it. It was, it was uh, the colors are amazing. They're, uh, they're, they look like summer colors with the hint of pink. Um, and I really, really love them. Uh, the Bronx is a little bit w a yellow hue, um, and then Portland is pink hue, and then we even go to Miami where it's yellow hued with pink. So I mean, I really loved it. What do you, what, what do you girls think? So I actually had heard about this book because, um, of course, as you both know, um, we have read um, America that um, Gabby wrote back early on in our podcast. 
I think mm -hmm. it was super early. And so that's when she um, came onto my radar and I learned more about some of the other stuff that she um, was uh, was writing and some of the things that she had done and this book actually came out in 2016 and it actually has uh, won some awards some young some YA awards and um, so and then this adaptation this graphic novel adapt adaptation um, just came out recently we got it I think like two weeks ago or a week ago um, it was was its mm -hmm. release date but um, I didn't know what the book was about. I knew it existed. And I love Gabby's style of writing. And I actually uh, recognize it from reading um, the, the Marvel book. And so um, I really, really enjoy it a lot. And there are some writers where you read something and you don't even know who it is that wrote it but you're like hey this sounds like so and so and I think Gabby has that for me and so mm -hmm. um, I just loved it from beginning to end just as a story um, as the characters as the characters developed um, I was so enamored with Juliet and then also with the characters that she met along the way that helped her um, I love stories where people are taking um, taking risks and going somewhere that they've never been before to start a new adventure um, and that's what Gabby uh, not Gabby what Juliet does in this book where, when she leaves the Bronx and goes to Portland and so I really love those stories and I love when when characters learn, uh, have self-discovery through those adventures. So um, the fact that this is a YA coming out, um, coming of age story, um, makes me love it even more. Um, and the fact that it's a, a Latina at the forefront of, um, Latinas at the forefront of uh, writing and drawing and also as the main character makes, is just even icing on the cake. Mm hmm no, definitely. I adored the book. I honestly, I kind of wish I had read it when I had been 19 and just figuring myself out because uh, Juliet's journey sounds almost almost like a lot like mine, except for like the whole internship thing. Mm -hmm. But definitely her relationship with white feminism, too. Yeah, uh, it's something that I think women who who learn about feminism and stuff like that. Uh, go through you kind of have to I really like the book because it kind of really tackles that problem too of like what white feminism is and how that differs from feminism to the individual mm -hmm. as well because uh, it's just it there's a lot of terminology in the book that I think is um, um it's pretty good it's like it's baby's first intro to <laughs> to uh Baby's first intro to social social justice. No, not social justice. I think social awareness. Uh -huh. Not only of your position, but also of those around you. Because um, a lot of people see Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon, as this, like, hippie oasis where everyone's accepted and, like, uh, it, like nothing, like, everyone's, like, super, like, friendly and, like, happy and, like, super hippie and it's all about self-love and there's no racism. Well, that's... First of all, that's a goddamn lie. Right. Um, <laughs> um, but also that um, uh, white people feminism and white people, uh, like, white like white people 
social awareness is very different from people of color. Yeah. Because there is there is a lot of a lot of like oh I don't see color when it's like mm, no you should be seeing it because yeah. this is affecting people yep. and by denying that you don't see color you are denying the problems right. kind of thing and you kind of see this in the book especially with uh, with Harlow who gives at fir- at first impression the like a true ally kind of thing mm-hmm. but my like I knew immediately what was up. Once um, uh, she stepped in during the um, uh, black creatives thing and said something and Max and Max, one of the characters, was just like, hey, you're not helping. Yeah. I immediately understood how she wasn't helping because of how she phrased it. Right. But to somebody else, how she was talking wouldn't seem problematic at all. Mm. That's because you a lot of people don't have experience with this kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And it's a little hard to distinguish. And then later on, you it all comes to a head and you realize who Harlow is. And it is that she is... She's, she's a white lady who tries to mean well, but she still has a lot of internalized um, uh, prejudices inside of her. And uh, tragically, that is how a lot of white... Uh, not just white women, but white allies mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. And so, I I really enjoyed the book and that nuance, uh, but also just Juliet's journey as well to discovering herself, because a lot of the things that she's like finding out is stuff that I'm still trying to figure out too. Mm-hmm. And I'm just all like, I'm like looking at it. And I'm just all like, aw, a baby, <laughs> a baby. Like I said, uh, like uh, a baby gay, and like I'm still considered a baby gay to a lot of uh, a lot of people who. I meet with or who are older than me like queer uh queer members who are like in their like 30s 40s 50s and they like look at me and they're like oh you're just a baby gay and I'm just (laughs) like but no I'm like this is a baby gay yeah but (laughs) but yeah it's it's a it's a wonderful and exhausting journey is what I'm trying to say (laughs) and I think they did an incredible job of really capturing that it definitely made me want to read the book because obviously this is an adaptation and they took the the main pieces of the story and I'm sure that they were the important pieces but I like reading the um, source material and getting all the, <laughs> the awesome little extras in there. So the in-between. Yeah, it definitely made me want to read the story and uh or the the novel and um i also want to agree with jen that um i really feel like it was an important book for white allies to um to read and to understand uh that being an ally being a feminist um me uh doesn't necessarily mean or, or feminism doesn't necessarily mean the same thing for everybody um, especially when you are um, a person of color. And we saw that um, when there, it was the Women's March um, back in 2016 where there was a big backlash of people of uh, women of color coming up, coming out and saying, um, why wasn't space made for us? Or, you know, why, why wasn't, um, why, why, why weren't we even invited or acknowledged type thing? Mm-hmm. And I think that white feminists sometimes take for granted that 
that people feel welcome, I guess, if that if mm-hmm. that is what I want to say, um, because they always do feel welcome, and they don't understand that not everybody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing is that while I was reading the book, I was incredibly uncomfortable with the mentioning of womenhood and vaginas mm. uh, mm-hmm. at the same time, because, uh, but then that's something that also that a lot of white feminism work is, focuses on gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how, and uh, most above all, fixed gender. If you have, if you have a vagina, if you have a pussy, you're a woman. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, that's not, that's not true. And that's just, that's my own, like, understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, reading something like, what, Harlow, I might have read that when I was on my baby journey towards feminism and been like, oh yeah, cool. But now, I would look at that and be like, okay, what about trans women? Yeah. Or what about non-binary people? Mm-hmm. Or what about um, uh, people who, like, don't, like, aren't necessarily, like, uh, exactly identify as as women? Like, there's there's different things for, like, trans people and how they identify as well. Right. But you're completely excluding an entire group by saying, like, oh, like, it, to be a woman is to have a pussy mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I don't, I don't believe well, that. Just, like, I think, yeah, like, just recently, mm-hmm. sorry to cut you off, um, uh, Elliot Page, who was formerly known as Ellen Page, came out with his pronouns being him, but doesn't identify as male or female um it isn't I, I'm, I'm not sure if i'm explaining it right but like you're saying just because you have a certain body part does not make you either a woman or a man it just it's how you mm-hmm. see yourself and how mm-hmm. you identify mm-hmm. and what your pronouns are so i mean that that part is often left um maybe in, underrepresented in these in these uh books even or uh, like you were saying some people don't even take them into consideration at all when um, they're being mm. they're doing their um, feminist studies or even identifying with other feminists that you were saying that that you know there, there are so many other groups of people that are out there that are not being seen and that's absolutely absolutely true um, mm-hmm. I also love this book uh, I, the writing style is pretty amazing I love the dialogue between characters um, there's a part where uh, this lady, the uh, I forgot what her name is, um, uh, the uh, the author, um, I can't remember her name, but Harlow. Harlow she says, um, "Do you want some tofu paella?" And then <laughs> her son uh, says, uh, "Oh, I'm sorry, um, I cut unseasoned, unseasoned, culturally inappropriate out of my diet." So I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was super quippy. I thought it was really cool. And uh, like I've always said, I always love a, a comic that can teach you things. Um, I, I love to learn uh, new things in comic books. I really think that really um, makes a comic book extra special to me. And one of the things I learned in this comic book was about Lolita Lebron. Um, she, uh, what she has been known to, one of her quotes is, Yo no vivo a matar a nadie yo no vine a matar a nadie yo vine a morir por puerto rico and i thought that was really powerful um and it we we hear a little bit about her story and we hear how juliet also was learning about this character through researching this book so i thought that was really interesting 
that uh, she made it a point to also mention that she never learned that or about that um, uh, that woman while she was studying in any of her studying any of her history books so that was really cool um, I I think every character was amazing including Gabby's uh, girlfriend who obviously has issues <laughs> but um, but it, even the relationship between her and her mother um, how her mom refuses to accept that she's going to Portland, Oregon and repeatedly calls it Iowa and, uh, <laughs> or, Idaho. or Idaho and um, how she in this this I've seen a lot in a lot and I've heard a lot of stories like this uh, where when when the daughter's leaving home um, the mom always like shuts herself in a her room and refuses to say goodbye mm-hmm. and and that just sends you off with the guilt trip into yeah. your new life and that mm-hmm. sucks but yeah it's really it's really how a lot of women uh, a lot of latina women uh, when they're trying to go on their personal journey out into the world that's how they're kind of like kicked out of the uh um out of their nest so to speak out into the world by kind of like shunning you as you're leaving but <laughs> And, and and um and that and that's really sad but it's really true too so mm-hmm. um i've seen that story repeatedly um i i see a lot of that white savior uh stuff all over this book which you know white savior yes complex, which yeah. we you know we're very familiar with that um <clears throat> but i i love it i love how um one of the things I've noticed a lot is uh, in, in Latina families, Latino families, is that when uh, someone comes out and they say, oh, it's okay, you'll grow out of it. Or it's okay, you just haven't found the right man. Or let me mm-hmm. int- <laughs> let me fix you up with a nice boy. And you'll see, you get cured like your aunt. You know, it's just, it's so sad, but so true. And, you know, she hit a lot of it. That's not how that works. Yeah, and she hit yeah. a lot of those marks in this book. And and yes this is the um graphic novel adaptation of her book but and it makes me want to read her book um more now but um yeah all these points all these specific points and her learning her body and becoming familiar with it her um you know maybe even embracing her period like stuff like that is really amazing in this book i I really loved it and when i like i said when i started reading when i began to read this book i you know set myself in a little corner I had a blanket in my on my legs and I put on women of rock on Pandora and I just <laughs> I, I had a little stout on hand and it was just really moving like sometimes when you create a space for yourself when reading these stories you can really sink into the emotional value of them and um, you know I'm not queer but I I saw myself in this book a lot of myself mm-hmm. it's brilliant I love this book and I feel that a lot of people like you were saying Jen and Kristen is as you were saying that this should be maybe something uh, that somebody that is struggling with their identity to maybe read and maybe um, I don't know get inspired or get a little bit of handle or be forgiving to themselves when coming out mm-hmm. so I love that you made yourself a, a little safe space and you had your music and <laughs> I'm sure candles and <laughs> And you're you're stout. Well, I read it on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, even so, I guess that's my little safe space. Um, 
I really loved what you're talking about, you know, her discovering herself and her body and stuff. I love the artist's rendition of, of Juliet's um, body. Yes. And there are multiple shots and, um, of uh, Juliet naked in this book. And it's all, you know, it's, it's not like uh, raunchy or anything. It's all tastefully done and it's all within to, you know, it all drives the storyline. But I love that she is a plus size woman who maybe has a little bit of insecurities, but learns to appreciate who she is and to enjoy and let others enjoy her body in this story. I that was one of the things that I really loved about the the book. Yeah, and I mean even the love scene there was like is this okay? And I just thought that was really great because you know, coming from a person who's insecure about her body and some of my sexual encounters um sometimes it would have helped if they said is this okay or asked me is mm -hmm. this okay? Instead of just mm -hmm. shoving stuff everywhere. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it, that I thought was really beautifully written as well. And the art really lent itself to those romantic moments as well. So I, I, I can't say any more positive things about this. This is an amazing book. And the team behind it was just did a phenomenal job. I loved the heck out of it. Do we have anything else to add, guys, that you, something that might have stood out in the story or anything that you guys want to share with our listeners? I just really recommend that they read it. Um, Gabby Rivera is a um, very, uh, has a very authentic voice when it comes to writing young adults. Um, I, and I really appreciate that. Um, I may not be a young adult anymore, but I've worked with young adults a majority of my, um, my professional career. And I can remember what it was like being a teenager and a young adult. And um, it really takes me out of the story when I'm reading um, a story and they, I, it feels forced, like they're trying to force dialogue and like slang and stuff. But Gabby has very authentic authenticity when it comes to writing her characters and I really really appreciate that and especially in this book yeah I, I mean uh, being mm -hmm. a, a person who reads Spanish as well when when you read something like Teta Sweat you're just like you just yeah you just smile <laughs> yeah. because you know what it is and because you've lived uh -huh. it you know it's just yep. that made me laugh I was like yep <laughs> yep um another thing uh that I wanted to point out her last name is Palante which uh it it actually is meant to be para adelante but that's how puerto mm -hmm. rican say palante yeah which i thought was so mm -hmm. cool like that was a little easter egg <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i i love the whole thing it was really great uh, uh the artwork was phenomenal i i can't say anymore except go and pick it up order it at your local comic book shop and pick it up and read it and then mm -hmm. give it to somebody to read it too and then have them gift it to somebody else to read because this is an amazing book. Um, so yes. are we ready yes. to... Palante. Palante, guys. <laughs> um, Palante. Have you got... Uh, so are we ready to rate the book? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I'll start off. I'm going to give it the whole panaderia. I'm talking about 
everything and throw in some Puerto Rican food because did you guys see that page? <laughs> there was some. Yeah. There was some. Uh, it made me it, hungry. I know, and I'm just like, where, where can I find Puerto Rican food? Because this, this, that little panel of food was amazing. Yeah, and again, yeah, no, they definitely. they were talking about the um, the plantains, the sweet and the savory, which were tostones. I'm like, dang! Even in reading, I can't get away from this. <laughs> it made me want them yep. again. <laughs> oh, so anyway, this is Kristen, and I agree 100%. I am giving it. Tres conchas, a cup of champurrado, and the whole panaderia. I love this book from beginning to end. And um, it made me want to read the YA novel. and makes me want to reread this graphic novel and take in um, a lot more of the art um, as well. Because we all know how I just skim over the art. <laughs> um, but that's, that's when you know I really liked the book. Because I will go back and I will pay more attention to it as I'm reading it for the second time. So the whole panaderia for me as well this is jen and i'm gonna concur with my compatriots uh it is tres conchas a cup of champurrado the entire panaderia uh everything i love the book i thought it was amazing it was well written it was well drawn it was well paced it was a really good story and i cannot recommend this enough not only to like read for yourself but also like maybe you know someone who's young and who mm -hmm. isn't really quite sure of their identity i think this would be really helpful for them and will really let them envision themselves in the place in in a place where they can get to. Absolutely agree with that. Um, and just to mention, this was published by Boombox. So um, that was our book review, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, guys, it's time for On My Radar. And what is on my radar today, guys? Nothing else than Fanbase Press is giving away free 10th anniversary enameled pins ena enameled pins <laughs> with the purchase uh, uh, from any of their books on their website so um, they have as you know 15 they have the margins they have other amazing books they have some horror stories um, so go onto their website again and they have book bundles for sale because of the holidays um, and like I said, they're giving away free pens. If you purchase Ginse, they will give you a free Ginse enamel pin. So <gasps> cool! Ooh. I have that somewhere. <laughs> I, I have one too. I have one too. So I it, love it. It's super cute, guys. So I definitely recommend you check out their website. Check out their gift bundles for Christmas. Their book sales for Christmas. And again, with a purchase of with a purchase, they will send you a free. 10th anniversary fan base press enamel pin and that is what is on my radar all right guys it's time for juntos y fuertes and today kristen juntos y fuertes take it away so my juntos y fuertes today ties into uh, the book that we read because um, I am going to talk about an online magazine called autostraddle dot and it's uh, can be found at autostraddle.com and that's a u t o s t r a d d l e dot com now autostraddle was founded in March 2009 by Reese Bernard and Alexandra Vega 
It's still run by a team of professional, uh, not professionally, progressively feminist, queer, and trans folks. Autostraddle is a di digital publication and real-life community for multiple generations of LGBTQIA humans and their friends. The driving fire behind what they hope to build at Autostraddle is a space for lesbians and queer people, especially people of color, to be their entire selves, to be known for the multiple, di the multi-dimensional ways that they move in the world. And the reason why um, I wanted to talk about it today on Juntos y Fuertes is that Gabby Rivera is actually um, an editor for the magazine and she contributes to it um, uh, pretty consistently. So um, I want to make sure that everyone knows that it's out there. Uh, the website says Auto Straddle is a serious labor of love that started out as a group of friends trying to change the queer media landscape. Now it's the world's most popular website for lesbian culture that's inclusive of trans and non-binary people and all queer women with over 2.5 million views per month. Um, and I, uh, they're on Junto Si Fuertes today because um, they talk about how, unfortunately, popularity doesn't lead to ad dollars for LGBTQIA+, uh, or women's media, and so they rely mostly on financial support from their readers. So give them a look, go to their website, and if you like what you see, definitely make a donation so that they can continue to put this awesome content out into the world. That is amazing. Pretty awesome stuff. Um, also, Jen, you have a Juntos y Fuertes. Yes, I do. So it's another Kickstarter, surprising no one. <laughs> but it is called Unfettered Hexes, Queer Tales of Insatiable Darkness. It is an anthology of queer witchery. So it is going to be a speculative anthology telling stories about queer witches, the knife edge between the sacred and the profane, and infinite darkness. I so, love this. Exactly. Infinite I want to read it. Infinite darkness. Love it. Yes. Sounds like a great beer, by the way. <laughs> That's awesome. It is, uh, it is currently, uh live and it has 25 days to go and it currently is at seven thousand one hundred seventy three dollars of their pledged eight thousand seven hundred and fifty dollar goal so it's almost fully funded mm -hmm. um and it is it looks really 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 cool like it's it looks really cool they're gonna have multiple uh, writers and a couple of artists as well but it's it is a lot of people who like uh, like identify as Wiccan or like practice like uh, like like stuff that is considered you know like witchcraft like yeah. and, uh, and stuff like that so it's it's really really interesting and you can of course um, pledge at um, uh, without getting it or you can uh, but the the base pledge is a dollar and you get a charm Ooh, oh that's awesome I'm, I'm pledging uh -huh. that's all there is to it <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is twelve dollars and you get an ebook of the anthology oh that's perfect so, yeah yeah that's, that's awesome yeah, that's fucking awesome so so it is uh, it is unfettered hexes uh if you look that up on Kickstarter, you it's one of the first things that pops up and it still has 25 days to go. Excellent. That's awesome.
All right, guys, now it's time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to Fanbase Press. And why do you say Fanbase Press again on, on this episode? <laughs> well, guys, let me tell you. Fanbase Press is a uh, couple, a married couple team, and they are expecting their first children because they're having twin girls this month. Congratulations, yes. Bryant Dylan and Barbara Dylan. Because you guys are having twin girls. How exciting. And also how terrifying. But what <laughs> what do we know so far? We don't know the names of the babies, but we know that they start with Kristen. Yes. They, uh, Barbara or Bryant, I don't remember who it was, but shared that they will not be sharing the names of the girls until they come, but that um, here was a little hint, and they shared their cute little uh, Christmas stockings with initials on them, and one had the letter S and the other had the letter O. So I was racking my brain because everyone knows um, that they are... Big, huge fans of both Star Wars and um, Buffy, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I was like, dang, I, I was I was like, maybe that they were going to name them like after one of the Slayers, like Faith or uh, Kendra, like uh, you were saying, was the name of the other uh, Slayer that uh, was there very briefly. But I can't think of any S's or O's, so maybe it's Star Wars related. Maybe it's not geek related at all, but I highly doubt that. <laughs> but, the, you know, and also I was thinking maybe it was a Mockingjay um Oh, that's right. But, She's all, they're also oh, yeah. but very big fans of um, Hunger Games. Yes, but um, I still couldn't find what the O and an S thing. But uh, so now I'm like, I want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we're so that will be our cheese myth <laughs> coming up. But we're super excited for them because they're due this month of of. Oop, I almost said October of December, December. <laughs> and so uh, they're gonna get either their pre uh, their present early Christmas present or late Christmas present or <laughs> Christmas present. Who knows? Yep. So uh, congratulations and saludos to you guys. We're super excited for you both, and it's gonna be awesome. Um, I tune into their Friday live videos on Facebook. Uh, so if you want to hear more about them, they have a lot of wonderful podcasts and also um just uh blogs on, on their uh, facebook page you can follow them or you could just look on www.fanbasepress.com and check out all their amazing content and the sales that are going on for christmas those book bundles and that those free pins that come with purchase uh thank you so much uh, and that brings us to the end of our episode Girls, we have something amazing going on with the free giveaway of Quince. Can you tell us more about that, Kristen? Yes. So speaking of fan-based press, Quince is a fan-based press product. And it is a graphic novel all about Lupe, who is um, a 15-year-old who, at her quinceanera, gets some superpowers. And um, we the story follows uh, Lupe during her next year because she's only gonna have these superpowers for one year and helps her to figure out um, how to be a superhero while she's a student, while she's a daughter, while she is um, go, you know doing all the regular uh, high school teenage stuff. Um, it's an amazing story, um, and it has an amazing Latina 
uh, lead and I highly recommend it. And we are giving away the hardcover um, bilingual edition, which is an amazing um, edition of the book that on one side is in English and on the other side is in Spanish. And then in the middle, there's tons of amazing extras um, where tons of awesome people have uh, really um, like participated yeah. and done a whole bunch of cool stuff. There is, if you are in education, there is a study guide. There's just a lot of cool stuff. And so we are giving away a free copy to anybody, um, not to anybody, to one <laughs> lucky person, but you will be put into the drawing if you go to your favorite streaming platform and you give Commodity Comics a um, review. So like it uh, and review it, and it doesn't even have to be a positive review. It could be, um, you know, something that you just cannot stand about our podcast. Like, so yeah. just there give a review, and you will be entered into this drawing, and we are going to be giving it away January. So I think January 20th was our date that we gave ourselves so you still have some time uh, to give a review and put yourself into this drawing and it is totally 100 percent worth it and what i didn't mention is that this is a signed copy this copy is signed by the creators and the contributors so do it now <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh you can also find uh us we have a uh, fairly new YouTube channel just uh, search Comadres y Comics and uh, we have several interviews with amazing creators um, in the uh, in comic in the comic books industry um, and just take a listen like and subscribe and if you also <laughs> rate our uh, YouTube channel you'll be entered into the drawing to win the hardcover quince book um, you could also find us and other amazing podcast on the, the period network that's www.periodnetwork.com where they have context context created by women for everyone so take a look at that um also um keep an eye out for our brand new um web page that is in the works um <laughs> i think people think we're lying by this point <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Coming soon, yes. Yes. TM. Um, mm -hmm. You can also email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com. Um, uh, you can also find us on Instagram. And Jen, uh, we're also looking into a Patreon. What's going on there? Yes, we are currently in the works of making a Patreon, which you can use to support, uh, uh, help us support making uh, this podcast that you also love because you're listening to us. <laughs> um, uh, more information on that coming soon, but there is going to be a, you know, tier list and also, like, you know, you will get rewards and prizes for backing us on Patreon. We love doing this and we would love your support as well. For a mere dollar, Sarah will call and sing you a lullaby every Friday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you know, yeah, you I mean, know you're gonna love this singing voice, guys. <laughs> oh, Eddie has a pretty fantastic video of me doing Sweet Child of Mine for two dollars. <laughs> I'll have him send it to you. 
<laughs> no, but uh, in all seriousness, if there is something that you would like uh, for us to do as a rewards or something, like feel feel free to tell us uh, what it is like you would like as a reward or something like that for booking us on Patreon. Uh, it is we would love your ideas. Um, but you can also find us uh, on Twitter at Comic Comadres. Yes, and on Facebook also at Comic Comadres. And Sarah mentioned Instagram, and we are Comadres eComics um, on Instagram. Yeah, and don't forget, you can always email us directly at comadreseecomics at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there because you know what? It's still really critical and weird out there. So stay safe. Uh, keep your family safe and be merry. Try to be okay in the holiday season. And if you're not okay, just put on uh, one of our episodes and laugh with us. <laughs> <laughs> because laughter is the best medicine. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.